neat and wrinkled to his fingertips, was fast asleep in a deep armchair, his mouth open, his hands resting on his knees. At his feet, a little girl, dressed in blue, a little hood and a long cape, the uniform of the orphanage, was reading the life of St. Irenius out of a book bigger than herself. This tale of miracles had performed a miracle upon the whole house. All slept. The old man in his armchair, the flies on the ceiling, the canaries in their cage over there on the window-sill. The big clock snored. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Nothing remained awake in all the room except a broad ray of sunlight which shone between the closed shutters, a straight white beam full of living sparks and microscopic waltzes. Amidst this general slumber, the child gravely went on with her reading. Straightway two lions fell upon him and devoured him. It was at this point that I entered. The results were dramatic. If the lions of St. Irenius themselves had leapt into the room, they could not have caused more astonishment. The little girl shrieked, the big book dropped, the canaries and flies awoke, the clock struck, the old man jumped up, shaking with fright, and I myself, a little uneasy, stopped short on the threshold, where I called out very loudly, "Uh, "'Good day, good people, I am Maurice's friend.' Oh, if you only could have seen the poor old man then, if you could have seen him come to me with wide-open arms, embrace me, shake my hands, run bewildered round the room, exclaiming, "'Oh, good gracious me! Oh, good gracious me!' His face had gone quite red, and every wrinkle in it was laughing. He kept stammering, "'Oh, monsieur! Oh, monsieur!' Then he went to the back of the room and called, "'Mamette!' The sound of a door opening and a mouse-like pattering in the passage. It was Mamette a dear little old woman in a beribboned bonnet and a Carmelite gown, and holding in her hand an embroidered handkerchief to do me honour, as was the fashion long ago. It touched me greatly to see how much they resembled each other. With some ribbons and bows, his name could also have been Mamette. But the real Mamette must have shed many tears in her life, because she had even more wrinkles than he. Like him, too, she was attended by a child from the orphanage, a little guardian in a blue cape who never left her. And to see those two old people watched over by these orphan children was more moving than anything I could ever have imagined. As she came in, Mamette had started to make me a low curtsy, but it was quickly cut short as soon as the old man said, "'This is Maurice's friend!' She trembles weeps, loses her handkerchief, flushes an even deeper red than he. "'Quick, quick, a chair!' says the old woman to her little girl. "'Open the shutters!' cries the old man to his. And taking me each by a hand, they lead me at a trot to the now wide-open window, in order to get a better look at me. Then the armchairs are pushed forward, I sit down between them on a stool, the little girls in blue behind us, and the interrogation begins. "'How is he?' What is he doing? Why doesn't he come? Is he happy? And so on and so on, like that, for hours. I did my best to answer all their questions, giving what details I knew about my friend, shamelessly inventing those I did not know, taking special care not to confess I had ever noticed if his windows shut tight or even the colour of his wallpaper. His wallpaper, it's blue, madame, light blue with a garland design. "'Really?' exclaimed the old lady with great emotion, and added, turning to her husband, "'He's such a good boy.' 
Indeed he is a fine lad, the old man replied enthusiastically. And all the time I was speaking, they kept nodding their heads at each other, giving little laughs and winking in a knowing way at each other. But sometimes the old man would lean towards me and say, Speak louder, she doesn't hear too well. Then she, in her turn, A little louder, I beg you, his hearing is not too good. So I would raise my voice and both of them would thank me with a smile. And they would lean forward as if seeking within my eyes some image of their Maurice. It was then that I found myself most deeply moved, for in those tired smiles of theirs I seemed myself to see the image of my friend, elusive, vague, dim, as though he were smiling at me himself from far away through a deep mist. Suddenly the old man sits up in his chair. Mamet, I've just thought. Perhaps he's not had any lunch. And Mamet raises her hands in...